I'm Tony B. I'm Jim Bunny. And I'm B. And we are the, the Group Chat, Chat Live. Live. Hey, y'all. Hi. Hi. Hey, y'all. So we back again with another motherfucking episode. How y'all doing? Mm. Speak on it. Speak <laughs> on it. I'm doing wonderful. Okay, guys. So what's your cramps? You having oh, cramps? Yeah, I'm trying to stay I'm far over away there. from there. My IUD don't be acting right ever since the surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you shouldn't have fucked with it. But, Britt, what you been doing? Girl. <laughs> Who been stressing you? Um, I hope ain't no niggas out here stressing you. Besides work. Oh, well, I'm going to tell you this. I have two check-ins. So, this week, my principal asked me, do I want to have a student teacher? Oh, my God. Please be very transparent when you talk about this. <laughs> Ask me, do I want to have a student teacher? And I told her, no. And she was like, well, yeah, you don't want a student. I think you should have a student teacher. And I was like, no, I don't want one. She asked multiple times. She did. And, I, and then she was like, well, it'll help you. It can challenge you, make you become a better person. And she started telling me all these things. And I felt obligated to say, yeah. So then I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And so she put my name on the list. But I do not want to have a student teacher. Number one, I don't want someone always watching me. The way I want run my class is not orthodox Mm -hmm. so i don't want to be responsible for someone learning how to do something because i have to figure it all out on my own i don't want anyone coming in and disrupting what i already have going on and have to try and cater to them and i number two i also i really feel like when people say no to something especially multiple times, it should be respected because you never know what that person has going on personally. Mm-hmm. Me, I personally struggle every day to get up and go to work because I just don't want to be there. I like, do not want to be there. I just, <laughs> it makes me feel so heavy, like going to my job every day. Oh, wow. And like... Well, I'm going to say a prayer for you because that, that's a horrible feeling. Yeah, I like I have to like give myself these pep talks and stuff like that. Like I don't we had a training this past week and one of the questions of the training was like, why do you come to work every day? Because we were talking about cultural diversity and something being better for our kids. And so I told my answer was, I don't know. I don't I guess because I have bills, but like, I don't. That's not even it. It's not even about money. I just don't know why I'm here at this moment in time. I don't want to be here. So, like, if I'm struggling with that and just trying to keep it together, I don't have the mental capacity to take someone else on and try and help them navigate through their educational career because I'm trying to focus on maintaining my mental stability so i don't feel like i should be pressured to have a student teacher when i'm telling you i don't want one so what is wrong with saying no you have for self-care i I know so going back and saying what you just said to us but a little bit more professional because we have to start creating boundaries and now that you let your principal cross that boundary she gonna cross another one because she see all she had to do was guilt you into making you think like 
you need to do this. Yeah, I just, but my issue is I think that people should respect when someone. That's what I'm saying. That's your boundary. So I'll probably, if it, if I do get one, I'll have to talk to her and they're going to have to find another place because I really don't have it in me because you have to, I don't know. I really don't know. I know that it's just not in me to, to do that every day. Like I just don't feel like being there and I like, I don't want to get emotional, but I just don't feel like being at that job. And it's not even my kids. Because they're really good this year. I haven't like had to go off on anyone for the most part. <laughs> it's just being there. I just don't want to be there. And so I will feel guilty like taking someone else on mm-hmm. when I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That totally, I'm totally going to um piggyback off of that when it's my time. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, and <clears throat> well, aside from that, and you know, just struggling to maintain my stability, I did talk to this man. I really love him. <sighs> Speak it to the mic and say you really love him. I really love him, but not enough to be with him. So I talked to him, and he gave me. <laughs> we went back and forth about why we're not talking for a very long time. When I had COVID, like we were just going back and forth, and he was like, "You don't understand me," and all this shit there. And I was like, "Nigga, I've been talking to you for two years, right? I see you doing other things with your friends, but you can't take the time out of your schedule to make a little effort to take me out somewhere instead of always coming to my house and seeing me or like." Mm-hmm. Doing, I feel, I felt like I'm being cheated out of the whole dating experience, and your, but, and your actions aren't matching with. Speak on that. Your mm. words. You're saying this, da 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 da, but like you don't even. <laughs> you don't make time. Like you make time for what you want to, and mm-hmm. that's cool. We all do, but like, don't like be mad at me when. I'm doing other things because you didn't want to do those things with, with me. With me, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Fantasia got a song. You got me waiting. Who? Fantasia got a song. Oh, you got period, me waiting. Girl, this, love you it. listen to it. This mm-hmm. him. Okay. Love it. Niggas just be wanting you to be in a waiting place for them. Yes, oh, bitch, I love time. that song. Bitch, I don't even wait for Metro. Okay, Jennifer, what have you been up to? Um, so I have to totally piggyback off of what you're saying about why am I even here? And so um, I go to school every day and what I told Tony is I leave how I'm feeling in the car. Mm -hmm. When I step out that car, it's all about let me get through this day by any means necessary. So you said it's okay, you know, your kids are okay, but I have a student that is giving me the fucking blue. Mm -hmm. And at my school, I don't have the support. Mm -hmm. I do not have the support. I have this student running out of my classroom. I have the student scaling up the side of the stairs. I have the Mm -hmm. student running in um, people's offices and tearing it up. I want you to add in the fact that he's not special ed. No, he's not special ed. He's a normal functioning child. He's only deaf. 
He's a he's normal, not normal autistic. Person. He's not autistic. Yeah. He's any not. of that. Mm-hmm. He's a normal functioning child. He's only deaf. And he's doing these things because he's able to do these things at home. So we have initiated where his mom has to bring him into class every day. That's only making it worse. We've seen his, him put his hands on his mom. He's in second grade. There should be no reason why you're able to let your child put his hands on. The principal has stepped in and had to restrain this child. And he's in second grade. Mm. But I have no support. When I've, I've called the front, they, they're so done. I called the front office from two different classrooms and mm. they would not respond. I, we have a group text about this young man and nobody responded to the group text. Like I have, was at my wits end. I told my supervisor, I will not be here. I'm going to start taking my days. Mm-hmm. I, I, by any means, I found out how many days I have, and I'm going to start taking my days. And he was like, you shouldn't talk, you shouldn't feel this way, you have support. But no, if I feel like I, I don't have support, you cannot tell me that I feel like I do. Mm-hmm. When I've called multiple people, and I've sent out a text, and I've done, I've exhausted all of my, what I'm supposed to do, what else am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So... People say, oh, you know, teachers, they don't, we don't do much, but people send their fucking badass kids to us and it's because they need a fucking break. Mm-hmm. So now I have this parent that's coming to sit in my classroom every day, which is technically against HIPAA because she's not supposed to be in there while everybody else's parents can't come in there. So I have to deal with that. And now it's making another big deal because now he doesn't want her to leave. So now he's standing in front of the door, and he doesn't want her to leave. He's running out. She got to go chase him. That's interrupting my what I got going on. Mm-hmm. It is. So I, I feel like I'm not the only one because um, my the person that's over my whole program, she wrote me a letter, and she was saying how that she really appreciate oh, me. she wrote you a letter? She wrote me a letter, and it really, it really touched my heart. When I got to my office, it was sitting on my chair. And she was like, she really appreciated me, and she going through a whole lot. And she was saying that she don't, she don't feel like she giving her one hundred and ten percent right now. And she's like, I don't know. And she's voicing me that she don't even feel like this is what she needs to be anymore. Mm. So it's like going. It's not like it's it's a domino effect going around, but it. it a lot of there are going to be a lot it's already a lot of openings in education a lot of fucking teachers are fucking quitting like people don't want to deal with this shit no more mm-hmm. like they don't want to deal. uh people are really going to see how it really is they're not going to have teachers they're going to have a lot of people that really just don't give a fuck and they're just there for the paycheck and at this point somebody asked me why do i come to work and i said for carter mm-hmm. because that his schedule goes with my schedule. That's the only reason why I'm fucking here. I can understand that. And I use those exact words. These are, that's the only reason why I'm fucking here. For Carter. Because I'm fucking tired of dealing with people that bring their kids to fucking school and they just think that we're fucking daycare. Mm-hmm. And the kids don't want to fucking learn. All day long, they don't want to do shit. I'm literally chasing a child all day long. I'm fucking getting 10,000 fucking steps plus. For this one fucking child. Because I remember teaching, I had a kid like that when I used to teach kindergarten. It was very stressful. So I understand. And I just, I mean, my school is a a very good school on the outside. People look at it on the outside, but on the inside, y'all just have no 
fucking idea. And it's only nine weeks into the school year. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't even. It's not even enough holidays. Like, it's not even enough holidays. We need some shit. We need some more in there. Because mm-hmm. I need a fucking break. I literally said I'm going to start taking my days. Like, I'm dead ass fucking serious. And I told my super, my mental health cannot take this. Y'all know I take so. It's it's making my depression act up. <laughs> We're not laughing at that. We're laughing at her facial expression. <laughs> no, bitch, I'm real dead at the ass. She's talking about it's making it. It is. It's like making it's my gal. depression act up. <laughs> well, I hate teaching, so it's just making me more, confirming more and more. I need to keep scaring me. So, bitch, that's all I know. Oh, Jesus, I thought you was going to say something else. No. I'm just. You know what? I teach the Bad Girls Club of Fifth Ward. I've learned to laugh instead of cry now because this shit ain't getting no better. And don't nobody really give a fuck. And so at this point, <clears throat> who got the methods? <laughs> and that's just that on that. And that's just that on that. I'm going to smile about this because you know what? Whenever it's getting ready for a breakthrough, God give you your biggest test. So I'm just going to keep smiling because I know God got a blessing on the other side of this. I don't really know what it is. But I'm just gonna keep. I'll be listening to that in the morning because 979. And no, because some mornings, y'all, I'll be in tears on the way to work, so I have to listen to that to get me to my job. And then when I get there, I'm like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but I'm gonna do it. Cause you know what, them kids, some of them kids really counting on us to be there. Mm-hmm. So we there. So y'all, we just gonna run right into Tony with the T. And here's my Tony with the T. So I wanna tell y'all something. Tony with the T this week, the T I'm giving y'all go to Target. I want y'all to go to Target, and I want y'all to go to the dollar section. I want you to go to the dollar section right now, and you gonna get to this little row, and it has home decor. I want y'all to take off that um, Dollar Tree decor that you have on your counter and pick up the five dollar. Um, apron um napkin thingies that go on your oven and get you some pumpkins and a cutting board and spice up them apartments y'all already got ikea furniture in there spice it up a little bit and go to target and get you some seasonal decor in november they're gonna pull out the thanksgiving one go back get you some thanksgiving and then go back in december and get you some christmas decor i want y'all to start living black girl luxury and that's how we gonna live it start decorating your homes yeah, because yeah. Tony's little setup is real cute. I change it seasonally. Let me tell y'all why. I want to live in a very nice home. I want to have things like that. And if I'm going to look at it on Instagram, in my small apartment, I'm going to start manifesting it there. So when I get a big home, I'm going to know how to do it. So I'm going to decorate. And I do the little things that I want in my home. I'm going to have in my pantries, getting a little organization. She's going to send it to me on Instagram. Yes, I do my Oreos and my, I'm going to do the refrigerator next week where I put my things in the little clear containers because that's what you need. I want my Tony with the T this week is I want us to start giving ourselves self-care in the form of luxury. So do those little things. Y'all might think it's a little extra, but going to the dollar section at Target really gives me a sense of like, Bitch, I don't want that to turn into an addiction. Cause you know it's that not. Turn into but an I go to it's a stress reliever for to the me. Dollar section. No, but no, I go to Target. Money. No, I go to Target because that makes me feel good. Exactly. Spending it makes money. me feel like good. when I have a hard week. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brit. Like um, see you over there judging me. I, I looked at her just like eating. Yeah, but yeah. I go to make myself. Yeah, so my Tony with the T this week is y'all go take a trip. I want everybody to take 30 minutes and take a trip to Target. And y'all come back and talk to me because Tony with the T told y'all 
it's something there it's something in the air it's something at this store it is something that you're going to need and the experience is top tier y'all scare me when y'all talk like that y'all scare me when y'all talk like that what when y'all talk about how these type of things give y'all these feelings these good endorphins like that scares me why because that could come addiction oh wow no, no, Target gets a little expensive because I clearly went in there one time and only wanted to go to the dollar station and my total was like 150 by the time I got to the thing. A lot of people say that, though. A lot Target of is pretty expensive. That. Okay, guys, and also with Tony with the Tea this week, I want everybody to tune in to motherfucking um, housewife, I mean, marriage boot camp, and let's talk about it. So I'm going to leave y'all with this question and tell Ooh. me who you voting out. So there's a couple on marriage boot camp and the man is bisexual, and him and the woman have been together. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, They've back. been together probably about 20 years, right? She found out on reality TV that he had messed with the man, and now they are together. That he had been cheating that on her. That he had been cheating on her with that man, and he, is bis- he was bisexual. Now he is saying that he loves her, he wants to work it out with her, and he only wants to be with her, but he does still have those feelings. <laughs> so I was watching this show with Lil Baby, and um, we talked about it, and I was like, yeah, you know, a lot of females my age have either dated a guy or talked to someone that eventually, after them dating, the dude turned gay. And he was like, y'all be knowing them niggas are already gay, and y'all still fuck with them. You know, a lot of dudes look at women strange when y'all say y'all dated a man that's gay, because a lot that comes with it. So... Ladies, you've been with this man for about three, four, five years. Y'all have this bond and everything, and then you find out that he's not gay all the way. He's bisexual. (laughs) Y'all take some time apart, and love brings y'all back together. Does your feelings change to him that you can't be with him anymore because he now has been with a man? Or do you think love conquers all and you can overlook his moment of weakness like you would if he had slept with a woman and not a man? Well, we've talked about this before, but um, I think that it is very difficult to make that decision. Never mind. No, it's not. No, I can't love you. What am I talking about? That's honest. Like, I, but you know what? Who else did that? Billy Sorrells. And he is a comedian. But you know, he Houston. doesn't fully admit that he's bisexual. Well, he said he, he got his dick sucking fuck. But he doesn't think he's bisexual. See, that that what Brittany's saying. So does the love leave? Like, do you stop loving him in that capacity when you find out those things about him? I don't stop loving him, but it will make me view him differently. As in, I don't have any... Like, how am I supposed to know that when you're going out with your friends, you're really going out and y'all hanging out and y'all not fucking? So. What? Well, that's in that. I'm done. I can't okay. do that. Um, in that case, you're gonna if he cheated, you're gonna always think, oh, well, every time he go out, he he fucking another dick. No, I think that it's because I can't compete with a dick. And she treats him like he's a bitch. When you watch the show, the way they bicker and argue with each other gives you bitch vibes. She called him a bitch. Yeah, and she argues with him like a bitch. Y'all, it's real mind-blowing. the disrespect. But I want y'all to write it, write me in. Write something with T and tell me, are y'all staying with these niggas after they go play with their homeboys? 
or are Why y'all living? Be because ninety percent, because she said that she said one of those men he had messed with, he had kept saying that was his friend. That's true. She was under the impression it was his friend in the whole time. He was sleeping with the man. Now I can't trust nobody you around. Because everybody I'm looking at, like, bitch, you fucking him or not? Because if it was a woman and a man was sleeping with his homegirl, you're going to look at all his homegirls like that then. Mm-hmm. I just say give it an even playing field, okay? If you're looking at all the niggas like that, look at all them bitches like that. Like, don't give it more than what it is. Like, okay. And if you love him, if you're going to be with him, like, fuck all the other shit he say he going to be with you, it is what it is. Like, you have to, tr- you can't give it, You like I just said, give it an even playing field. You can't be just because he fucked with a nigga that, okay, I'm done with him. But if you would take him back if he fucked with a bitch. Like, I feel like I give it an even playing field. I could get over a bitch. A nigga, I'm competing with a dick. It's something about. It's something about a nigga. That takes with away it. his manliness for me. But Why? What if he was the one doing everything? He ain't, he ain't been bent over since. That's what you said on the He's last He's a time. top, not a bottom. <laughs> it still takes it away. I don't know why. I don't either, but I'm with Brittany. Like, it takes away the sense of him being the man of the household. Why? No, oh y'all write us and tell us why. I'm gonna put this in the topic. This y'all check our story. I'm gonna put this on the. I just don't think that's a, a lifestyle. Like I'm not. I I wouldn't want to partake. I'm gonna always look at you and think like nigga. You let a nigga suck your dick, nigga. You probably was okay. But first of all, Tony, you let a bitch eat you out. Oh, definitely. Okay. Why do you? Why is, that, why is that okay? For unicorns. Why? Well, Jennifer, there's a double standard. It just is. We're not here to dispute that. The double standard. We're not here to dispute the double standard. You know, there's one. There's always been who made the these fucking rules. I don't know, but okay, there's this one. Okay, so why you follow them? Well, then you go fucking nigga that's been fucking niggas. Okay, that's what you, you see. And come back and tell us. You tell it. us how you feel about it. Okay. Tell us if you're not bitching at him because you're gonna think he has a I'm little bitch in him. I'm not gonna think that he a bitch. Like I'm not gonna because if I fuck with a bitch, then why why would he think any different on me? I don't think he's a bitch. I just don't find that attractive. That's a turn off for me. So it's a red flag. No, it's just, no, it's that. But it's like I can't. I'm gonna like envision you having sex with a man, and I don't find that attractive sexually, and and I wouldn't want to have sex with you. It takes your masculinity for me away. So, Not to say that a gay man can't be masculine, because I know a lot of gay men that are masculine. But as for the man who was supposed to be running my household, now being a bottom. What if he was a top? What if you wasn't fucking a nigga at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, let me call mm-hmm. in my nigga business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine is simple and sweet this week. Um, it has to do with mental stability and being your best. I, I want to encourage you all to not focus on anything else other than yourself when you are at a fragile place. Because taking on too much, especially other people's issues, can affect your well-being. Amen. So Amen. I think that it's best to mind your own business when you are feeling not complete, not whole, just empty, so that you can fill back up your cup without giving too much of yourself out 
and there's nothing else coming back in return. And you know, that is my, my saying to the death. Mm -hmm. I cannot continue to fill up your cup and I'm not, mine is not filled. I cannot continue to do that. Mm -hmm. That is my saying and I'm going to ride by that, even for work. Goody. Okay, so what do you have um, for, uh, with, for, for us, <laughs> with us? Why, why, what, what, girl, what's buddy dicks? <laughs> so, of course, it's still Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and early detection is always the best detection. Mm -hmm. um, please go get your breast, breast, your mammograms and everything like that. You know, it only takes a few minutes. Yes, it might be a bit painful, but it'll be always something in the back of your mind like you're glad that you did it. So um, I was hoping that the girls would, like, let me do, a, like, a breast um, detection on the page where I don't show my whole nipple. But, you know, I just show y'all just know well, exactly what. I thought you were talking what... about doing on one of us. Oh, no, y'all can do it on me, though. No. Okay. Like you're really pushing the line. You're really. <laughs> I just, you know, just Brittany, get her, get her. Like no, Brittany's just, looking at you like, what the you fuck know, are you thinking? To, well, I was, I was thinking that, but you know, I just want them. Uh, one screening of a mammogram is covered annually at the beginning of age forty, so there'll be no cost if you're, you know, age forty and up. But if you still feel something, you need to let your doctor know. And early detection, like I said, is the best detection. So, yeah, that's Jen Bunny with the bunny bits. And so I guess I'll start mm -hmm. the topic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to start a two-part series on family. Friends and family. Recently, we had a friend um, pass away. And it was it was kind of hard on all of us. All of us, you know, knew her very well. So we'll have a moment of silence for her. And we're back from that moment of silence. Um, her name was Shay, and we posted about her. Um, I know I have as well posted about her. And um, just knowing her got me thinking about a lot. Um, and a lot about friendships. So um, I also had a friend that we are now not friends anymore, but she wants to be my friend again. And um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. So I've been back and forth with my family, my family, the ladies here, and of course my papa, because I listen to my papa, y'all. And my <laughs> papa got all the, <laughs> you know, all the tea. So, um, I have been thinking about a lot about friendships okay. um, and death. So, Tony, I wanted to ask you, how did you, you know, grieve when one of your friends passed away? So, in college, my friend who became my roommate, Tristan, passed away suddenly. And ironically, our group that initially we were establishing was <laughs> disband at the time. We had went from a, where we made family in college, me and my other classmates, Todrick were from Dallas, Tristan, Marcella, and Aaron were from Houston, and we all became one big happy family, even at one point, all living together. And um, as college went on, and Britt became my roommate, and became my best friend, I could no longer have that same 
um friendship not because of Brittany, but because I was, you know, Bri- I ain't gonna lie, Brittany and them exposed me to some different things. So it opened my mind to a different way of thinking, which caused me to kind of branch off from my then friendship. Um, Great wording. At the time mm-hmm. of um, Tristan's death, we, uh, me and one of the young ladies actually had had a huge argument that Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, we had had like a falling out, like where we had like cussed each other out, said some things to each other. And um, I remember going into the living room that Thursday and I was like, oh, I'm going to go home. Like I'm really tired of being here. And that friendship disbanding really, um, really hurt me internally but i at that point i wasn't at a stage in my life where i could address those issues because i had too much pride and so i remember trisha saying y'all are just being so dumb about this like don't go home and be angry and he had told me he was like hey you know i want to go to dallas so i can see tajri wait for me and i was so mad i was like oh well no i want to go home and my intentions were to go home and not come back because it was just so draining to be in that apartment because when we moved to that apartment me and Aaron and Marcella were best friends like I had went to college with no friends Tajik was my only friend in Bowman I left every weekend so when we created that family in that home when it started draining away stuff got really hard and it was hurtful so when I had went home that weekend I never uh Tristan texted me and he was like, You left me and I didn't text back and I was like, Okay, fine, whatever. And so they called me initially that Monday. I was actually visiting my dad and my then stepmom. And I remember them telling me, like, oh well Tyra had a, Tristan had a wreck. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And I hung up the phone in their face. I, I literally hung up the phone because I was like, Y'all calling me and I really don't give a fuck. And then they had somebody else call me and was like, nah, you probably should get back to Bowman. And in that moment, I felt my world just go, and like everything shut down. And between me getting from downtown Dallas to Oak Cliff, in that matter of time, he had passed. And that seems like the longest ride back from Dallas to Bowman. I never lived in that apartment again. And it really showed me one it showed me that people that aren't your family can't love you as much because Jennifer and Brittany really got me through that. They really did. That's how I have, me and Brittany argue a lot, but she doesn't know that she was like a saving grace for me in that point, like a life or death saving grace for me at that point in my life at that time. And it was a very hard struggle. I was very much depressed. I didn't stay in our apartment at all. We literally moved out. I stayed with my aunt. I never forget, they gave me some medicine to help yeah. me sleep and the medicine made me hallucinate to think that Tristan was standing in front of me in my room and um I had my aunt tell me you're you're overreacting because you've never had to experience death you've been sheltered from death and I didn't know what she meant until I thought about it I had only knew old people that had died mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a friend I didn't know somebody that Friday when I left oh when I come back we're going to do this, this, and this, or somebody that had texted me 
and I didn't think I've always thought you had enough time. And the death of a friend taught me time is never on your side, and petty things can be resolved. It also taught me that people can be very mean in death because one of those young ladies' mother also told me at the wake that she didn't understand why I was grieving. And so it also taught me that people can be mean within death. Um, Friendships mean a lot to me now. I hold loyalty and value, and I value the people that surround me within death and i don't wish that on anyone because the death of a family member is one thing it's hard but a death of a friend is hard mm-hmm. it is. it's hard because a special piece in your heart is missing especially when it's a male friend because it's kind of like you can't grieve too much because people gonna think y'all got yeah, stuff going, going on, on. Mm-hmm. but you can't grieve little because then it's like that wasn't your real friend but i'm like how um the lady is posting that was a trigger for me when they, I would get online and see them pictures of him. That triggered me. I hated seeing, getting on Facebook. I sat on Facebook for a while. But it's hard. It is hard. I still miss my friends to this day, and it's been 10 plus years. I know if Tristan was alive, he would so still be around. That would so still be my nigga. But I lost genuine friends after that, too. And it made me look like, are people really your friends? In death, do, when you lose a friend in death, is that really your friend? Mm. If you can lose somebody when you're going through something happy and something pretty sad, does that mean your friendship never really had no value? No. A lot of people just don't know how to agree with you. They like, okay, maybe I need to step out and let this person do their thing and then come back. But then sometimes you don't always have that time to come back. Cause I'm like, bitch, you left me hanging. Yeah. Like when I needed you the most, you left me hanging and I feel some type of way. Cause I always just, even like with Garfield, with his death, I always think like you literally like that week when I was doing your hair, he literally said, tell Tony, I know she mad at me. And, um, but I love her. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll see you Saturday and it's fine. That sticks in yeah. my mind every day. That Do you sticks even in my. What Why you mad, mad at? Yeah, because we were like a family, and you did not come to our lives because you were so, so mad. mad. Oh. And like, how was could he mad at? I was it mad. was stupid. It was stupid. stupid. Us going to ocean. Us going to ocean, and it was like I. It wasn't that he didn't show up. It was like. Why are you this mad? Like, why are you letting time make? Why are you doing this? <laughs> why are you doing this? And but I always think like I should have picked up the phone. Like I should have picked up the phone when he tried to call me that week. I should have texted him when he texted me that week. Like time is of an essence. Mm-hmm. I um I constantly go back to. I mean. Yes, we talked about Shay, but I mean, we hadn't seen her in so long. And when we did see her, it was at Ocean. And yeah. I had a whole fight that night. Like, I didn't. We was out in section fighting yeah, that night. Yeah, we that was like, she literally got up and left because it was too much, too much going time. on in the section. Yeah. <clears throat> and to think that that was the last time that we seen her. And then following that, like, all the stuff happened with Garfield. Like, we never really seen her. So, um, to get the, like, like how you said, people can be mean mm-hmm. in death. Like, 
to get the messages, the message that I got in, from Facebook, I was like, well, damn. Yeah. Um, and but, explain, you got them from someone else, right? Yeah, I got them. Yeah, not from. Coming to you. Grievingly, I guess. Yeah, and they were like, why aren't you doing why this? Why aren't you doing this and this? And it ma- that was a very, it made me really think after that. Because do we excuse people? when they're mean during the grieving process because are because you know how they say a drunk person tells a sober mind mm-hmm. and when a person is really mad their truth really comes out do you feel like when people grieve and they get angry and say things do you think that that's their true feelings coming out it's so okay you be mad and hold it against them when they lash out at you in that process or do you say okay she didn't mean it she just grieving oh, i say she didn't you know, that happened to me with my friend Sam. Um, when his mom passed, I think that, like, they had the repass at his house. And then after the repass, we all had stayed. No, we all was over there one Sunday after the funeral because the funeral was Saturday. And I had bought some crawfish because I wanted to eat it. And he flipped out on me. Why would you bring crawfish in my house? You don't, you need to ask me if uh you can eat that in my house because a lot of people don't want that smell in their house and that's so stupid of you to even bring that he was like going off on me over some crawfish that I went to eat so after you know he was calm a few days later he apologized but like I don't take what people say to you hurt people hurt people yeah during during those types of times to heart because it's just a lot going on and emotions get in the way. Um, also, another thing has happened recently. Uh, one of my old best friends, um, his father passed, and he reached out to because he was he was friends with me and Whitney. He reached out to Whitney and I through a group text, and he let us know that his father had passed and that he wanted us to be there. Um. I then called Whitney and was like, girl, I can't believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking I want to go. Do you do you think you want to go? And she was like, yeah, I'll go. But I don't think that attending the funeral mended our friendship. Yes. Yes, we did sit down with you. And yes, we did conversate with you. It did not feel like old times. I mean, it was good seeing us all together, but it did not feel like old times. Um, I feel like we have definitely grown up and grown apart. Um, and I feel that maybe we could be cool and cordial and things like that. But the things that he's asking for now is a bit out of Whitney's reach. And I'm thinking that you're just asking because you're grieving still. So I don't know how I feel about it. Cause now he wants us to come over to his, his childhood home and he wants us to hang out. And we never text back. Well, I text back we, I text back who is we? Cause he asked, could you come see us? And I was like, who is we? And then after he texted, that, I never text back. So I want um, people to stop thinking death is is also a time to rekindle. But people do think that though. I I don't I I don't I want people to stop mixing rekindling emotion 
and grieving emotions together because i'm in a vulnerable state at that moment be me being the one grieving or being the friend of the person grieving don't put that person the person that's helping you in that vulnerable state to have to rekindle to help with your mental capacity because that's a heavy load i think as friends we got to stop putting so much of this heavy load on a friendship like what if the friend has got what if y'all have met your friendship course but you would put that on your spouse though why do your spouse got to carry your burdens they don't but usually you would put that who do you put that on like where do you go to seek where where do you go to seek or some confiding like being that i am a person that internalized the people that i love feelings around me in this season that i am in now i am learning the art of not letting people dump their emotions on me i'm having a hard time because if i love you that emotion stick with me because i am a person let me fix you let me fix what's wrong. Like, can I buy something that's going to make you feel good? Can I take this? Can I cook you this? Can I do this that's going to make you feel better, even if it's just a temporary emotion? And sometimes other people' emotions just be too much to take on for you as a human because you're dealing with your own. So I'm learning not to do it. That's why, like, if I got some shit going on, I might just silently go through my shit at home. Because I know my friends got some stuff going on. And you have to give your friends that type of grace. Be okay with sometimes. Because your friends are like, I know now now that I openly hear Brittany say that she hates her job, I'm not going to openly continue to vent with her about my job. Not to say that she don't want to hear that. But if she already hates her job, I'm not going to serve her more energy of somebody else that hates their job. Because all I'm doing is let her sit in that emotion. But if I'm her real friend, we're going to talk about some uplifting things. Maybe I didn't found this lead on this. Maybe we addressed this. Maybe when I call you, it ain't, oh, how was work today? Maybe how are you doing today? You know, change mm-hmm. that emotion. Because if that's my real friend, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's your, that's your role as a friend. I mean, I, I I agree with that. But I'm the type, of course, that people come and they're going to, no lie, dump it on me. Not dump it on mm-hmm. me, but they're, they're, I'm the person that people confide in. Random people in the store, random people at work, That's very true. random people on social media. And, of course, my, my friends and even my family, they come and confide in me as well. So I'm not going to, I have a problem with turning that off. I have I'm not saying that I want to mm-hmm. because I am a I'm a good listener. Like I do that shit well. Like that's what I do well. So I'm not I don't want to turn that off, but yes, I do hold hold people's I hold people emotions. Like I hold that. Like how y'all feeling? I hold it. Like mm-hmm. okay, you mad at that person, bitch, I'm mad at that person too. Mm-hmm. So, so pretty. You do. <laughs> but okay, so wait, that's a good thing to talk about friendships. What is y'all stance on friends and supporting? Do you think your friends have to support your business? Like, is that an automatic, oh, you ain't my friend if you don't buy from my business, if you're not posting my ads, if you're not at all of my events, does that automatically disqualify me as a friend? Or is it just not my role as a friend? I feel like. 
I have friends and I feel like I I have a few associates. So the associates, they don't hold it. Like I don't hold that towards them. But my friends, yeah, like I feel some type of way. If you it's free to support. Like it's free to show up to stuff. Whether you have like other events that day. I have a prior event, but I'ma just try to pop in real quick. It, it that that means so much more. Like the the repost, that means so much. That shit is free. That shit is free. To even word them out, that shit is free. Like I, I just feel like I feel some type of way if you can't. Even when I had, of course, when I had my conference, all the reposts and things that I got from people that just weren't close to me, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. So, um, yeah, I feel like support is free, and you should do that. I don't know, because I got some homegirls. That, that's my homegirls, but they never going to show up to none of my events, but they still support me, if that makes sense. Like, them still my niggas, and I still come to, but that's not their role in my friendship. Mm, that's true. Like, Denisha and Saria, their role, they're, they're good friends. They're very good friends, but their role is never to show up at none of my events. I don't. That's not an expectation. I don't put that on them. I don't project it on them. I don't require that of them. Mm-hmm. That's just not their role. Now, if I had an event and one of you hoes ain't show up, what? I'm going to be mad because that's the role <laughs> you play. So why wouldn't you still play your same role? Or did we just, or did people just, we start, like when you first started dating somebody, you like start off and then you be like, damn, this is what you started. So you got to continue to do it. Yeah. It's kind of like that, though. Yeah. Or, and also, too, like, the difference is how I let y'all come to the party. Them not my friends I would have had come to the party. Them not my friends, and I'm saying, hey, y'all, come over and have Sunday dinner with us, me and my dude and his people. Okay. I'm yeah. not sharing those same experiences. You have different friends for different things, and not everybody's going to play the same role in your life. Because you wouldn't travel. Would you travel with all your other friends? Yeah. Yeah. I have. You would go on the type of vacations we go on with your other group of friends? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I can answer that for her. Yeah. I, I don't have no other friends that I would travel with. Like, yeah, I don't have no. But I still hold I them to the same. What? I wouldn't travel with my other friends. I don't have no you other. Mm-hmm. I don't have no other friends. Because I like traveling with y'all. Like, I'm, I'm very I particular on who I travel yeah, with. You can yeah, you Yeah, like, 21st dude I've ever traveled with. He's the first dude, and, and I've had to do twice. Two dudes asked me to go on the trip with them, and the thing, and I never would go. I was really going there playing with that nigga. Traveling with a nigga, I do. That don't. I don't. No, do. I think all your friends, your uh uh-uh, uh, everybody. You know what? Like that we can go thing. on the trip. We literally went on a trip and left you at the house sleep. Everybody wouldn't have liked it. Brittany, remember <laughs> when we went to Lake Charles and mm-hmm. we took Kim and Kimbro, and they was mad because we was in the room asleep. Uh, mm-hmm. And they was mad because me and Brittany wanted to sleep on the trip. We didn't give a damn about going nowhere. We was just out of bumming. Oh. Everybody don't like that. Some people want to go and go. Me and Brittany want to go and go to sleep. <laughs> and oh, eat. but I got, I got, you stay sleep the whole day. Nobody. Girl. I don't, bother. I don't care. As long as I get to do what I want to do. <laughs> what you do. So <laughs> speaking of, of that, like, do we have any friendships that we wish we could rekindle? Like, or make better? Do y'all have any of those? Do I have any friendships that I think I can make better? I'm going to say this. The one that deals with Tristan, one of the girls, I've done her hair twice. Um, I'm going to say this. 
the second time I thought I was gonna have that want to be friends with her, especially because we have such a deep connection. And I'm not gonna lie, that would probably help because I still have moments where I'm really sad about Tristan being gone. That really hurts me still. Like it really hurts my feelings, and it probably would help my grieving process if I could still be friends with all of them. Cause then I could share my moments with them. Like y'all hear me holler about mixtapes all the time, but that's why. Because when we would have house parties and get drunk, our house thing we would call them refund, refund balling mixtapes. And every time we would have a house party, we would get together and G-Man and them would come and we would rap. And we would talk about our live songs that would be on the mixtapes. Y'all think of that and y'all like, oh, she just want to do it. They would know what that fucking mixtape is about and that would help in the process. But when I seen her, I just, I thought I was going to have that feeling, that won't, and I didn't. Funny thing. When G Man came to our house, we have a video of him rapping too. He was always rapping. Every time he got drunk, he was rapping. His friends was rapping. I'm mm-hmm. like, why are they Him and uh, Tori and them, they rap. Yeah. Every time they get drunk. Mm-hmm. Every time they get drunk, okay. they college. I used to do that too. Mm-hmm. I used to be a freestyle so. queen, bitch. I'm trying to think. You got a friend you would want to rekindle with, Brittany? Mm-hmm. For real? Mm-hmm. I definitely do. Um, her name is Natalie. Oh yeah, I think you should. Yeah, I and really think y'all should. It just—I've talked about this on a previous episode. I don't remember which one, but um, I definitely would because I valued that friendship so much. And to me, looking back on why Indy, I guess she didn't value me because what at the time. It may have been a big deal. Like, that was when we were heavy on a club scene in Houston. And we would know a lot of people. And um, we could just skip the line and just go inside the club because it was at Club Butter. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, me and Cece were going <clears throat> to Butter. And I was meeting Natalie there. And I knew one of the body. I don't know what they were called. I guess he was a bodyguard. I don't know. And so he was like, come on, go, go in. And I was like, my friend is in line. She want to come too. He was like, no, just you two. Just go in. And so I left her. And she ended up having to pay to get in. And she got really mad that I left her instead of, you know, waiting with her. Oh, I thought it was that weekend you stayed. That's why y'all weren't friends no more. What weekend? The weekend that me and Brittany became friends when she stayed for the oil spill and everybody stayed at the house. She was supposed to go meet Natalie that weekend. I was. So, ever since that butter thing, our friendship had been rocky. Mm-hmm. And she was having something at A&M. And I wasn't going to be able to come home or drive all the way to go and do that. And so... She got very upset and then stopped talking to me. Oh, just like that. Mm-hmm. So I just, and going through that, like I cried, cried, cried. And I felt like that was like a breakup, bitch. That was very painful to me because I really valued that friendship. And we talked about it years later. Like I called her. And we talked about it maybe about four years ago or so, but nothing ever like sparked. Came about. Mm-hmm. So would you try again? No. Okay. Because she follows me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, not follow. What is it on Facebook? Yeah, follow. Friends. Yeah. No, she's friends with me on Facebook. And she was following me on Instagram, but she unfollowed me. 
So, no. That's your answer right there. Uh-huh. That on that. Um, I'm recently going. I've been on both ends. I've had a friend say, I don't want to be friends with you because of your life decisions. And I've also been on the other end where I hate, where I am the friend that's saying, like, I think that this is best that we go our separate ways. Um, I, I didn't say our friendship has run its course, but pretty much that's what I was saying. Our friendship is just not the same anymore. And I don't, I don't like the positions that you're putting me in. So now that friend is trying to rekindle our friendship and is going through um, avenues to get me to talk to her. And like I said, I've talked to my papa, and of course I've talked to y'all, but I still don't know exactly how I feel. I know that my papa said, I don't understand why I should have to take on everybody everybody's burdens. Like Period. I didn't create this life for you but I should have to stand by you and be somebody that you can dump on now that you know that you don't have nobody. Nobody, I'm going to say this, and I mean what I fucking say. Nobody had this girl back like I had her back. Like, no fucking body. And now she look around, and she going through a lot, and she see that I was her real fucking friend, like, down for whatever, always by her side, fucking friend like i was up i was i know it out of everybody i've been a great friend mm -hmm. i can't say that's one thing i can't say like one thing i am is a good fucking friend a good fucking mama and a good fucking friend so um now she's looking around and she like i want my friend back and i'm like i don't know if i can if i could do that friendship anymore because now my mental space is different now my whole life is different, and she waited so long in between to tell me now that this is how you feel, that I'm looking I'm looking sideways like, did you really feel like this, or do you just really feel like you have nobody? So now I'm the second best thing to come to, mm -hmm. and I don't want to be nobody's second option. So um, I've been thinking about that. My papa said that I should – do it with a long candle spoon and the person that I am, I know that it's hard for me to long candle spoon anybody. Mm. Um, unless you've really hurt me or, or my niggas or caught them. But besides that, it's really hard for me to long candle spoon somebody that I really used to love. Um, include female or nigga. So, um, I'm we know that with niggas, bitch. Yeah. Because you have a very forgiving But that's spirit. what I was going to say. <laughs> I feel that as friends, the same way we oppose a nigga to some standards and will take a nigga back or go back and forth with a nigga or require of a nigga is the same way we should require of our friends because you can't hold because the first thing we want to holler i i my friends friends will come before a nigga but when it's time to really make hard decisions you uphold their friendship to this way high capacity and then you got this nigga down here and you like he can do whatever and you let him back in your friend fuck up one time you ready to kick them straight out the door uh, i'm sorry i am that person like i my friendships honestly are stronger with y'all than my own family Mm. I agree. My yeah. Husband. Yeah. And stronger with y'all than someone I've been in a relationship with. Yeah. So I do hold my friendships at a different place mm -hmm. than I do other relationships outside of our friendship. And because I hold my friendship so high, 
and value you all. If you do something to hurt me, it's going to hurt me in a way that, you know, a nigga could not have hurt me in because I don't, it's a different level. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. y'all know my deep, darkest fears, yeah, things. True. Like, yeah, you with a nigga, but he doesn't know everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And he'll true. never know everything. You'll know true. what He'll know what I want him to know. Right. But true. y'all know everything. So it's a totally different That's true. thing. I mean, I, under, I understand what you're saying. I, I really do understand what you're saying. And when it comes to... Friendships, though, we give our friendships these, we we put these big-ass expectations on them. And we put all this, mm-hmm. this I don't even know what to true. call it. This, I ain't going to even say stress, but we call, we put all this on friendships. Like, literally, you Who's put me? this. Cause I don't, I don't have stressful friendships. Not stressful, but like we. But some I, friendships are stressful yeah. in the point of what they require. But that's because you create boundaries in your friendships yeah. to where people know not to be. But a, Jennifer a is a person like that, that people come to to help, so they all dump their feelings on her. That's where you got to create that boundary with people to be like, okay, bitch, this is where we're gonna stop. This is all I can give you. Like I have some friends. I just don't talk to them as much no more. It's not because I don't love them, but they always just had some shit going fucking on. But then, don't you feel like like that? that. But don't you feel like that's when they need you, though? Yeah, but when can you help yourself? When are you going to help yourself? When are you going to help yourself? I think this is a good way for us to, like, stop so Mm -hmm. we can get ready for part two. On part two, we're going to talk about different types of friendships. Like y'all work friendships, y'all friends, y'all social media friends. And we're going to talk about the roles of friendship. Yes, y'all role, you playing y'all friendship. Because all y'all friends, some of y'all got the roles of a friend mixed up. Mm-hmm. I agree. And some of us, I mean, I could even say me. Like, I, I, I'm I, very transparent. I really want to be free. So I, I'm always trying to be very transparent. But when it comes to friendships and stuff like that, like I'm gonna give it to them all. Yeah. I, I always, I'm, I'm the type of friend that's gonna tell my friend everything. Yeah, Don't tell me shit, cause I'm gonna tell my friends every yeah, fucking little thing. So I we're mean, we're gonna talk about that next episode. Yeah, we're we, really we gonna talk to... about that. We're gonna bring this up because we want to hear y'all. So hit us in our DM. Let us know about some of y'all friendship moments. Like, when did you realize that your friend was really your friend? Tell us that. I want y'all to write us in. And when did you really realize that one of y'all friends really wasn't your friend like you thought y'all was friends? And we want to hear some of y'all friendship stories, okay? Was that, is that ever happened though? Yeah, it's on TikTok. I just seen a couple of times just like that. No, I'm saying to you that's happened. Mm-hmm. Did you just have a really? What? When I realized the friend really wasn't the same type of friend I was back to them like I was to them. No. Yeah, I've had that happen. I, I, yeah, I had that happen too. Yeah. Yeah, you just described it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's never happened to me. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm looking at you. When we break up as friends, your actions, how you act after is going to really tell what type of friends we was. Ooh, so just to, just, just to put it on friendship, the people we were originally podcasting, we showed me that. I don't know how to tell when I have a friend and when I don't have a friend. 
I, I, I that agree. taught me a major I'm that lesson type of person. Life. I don't know. Because since I'm, I'm a giving I'm always person. giving excuses. Like for our mm-hmm. other friend that, mm-hmm. that uh, Nine Shining Armor said, I don't like her. I don't like mm-hmm. the way she treats you. And I'm like, but no, that's just how she is. But she really loves me. Like, yeah. she really cares. She, she just acts the way she acts sometimes because, you know, we've always given her excuses. But then again, I'm giving her a fucking excuse, yeah. too. Yeah, we're going to pick up this friendship topic. I'm Tony B. I'm Jen Bunny. And I'm B. And we are the, the Group, group Chat, Chat Live. Live. Group Chat Live. Yeah. Oh, my God.